0: To Anthony Longo, one word matters more than most, and that word is voglia. In Italian, it means a wish, a desire, or a craving. Voglia, I would argue, is what drives passion and purpose when profit doesn't blind or dictate a different ambition. And who's Anthony Longo? He's the CEO of Longo's, one of the most exciting food retailers I've ever visited. And everywhere I travel, I always check in. The local grocery stores. Longo's tagline is fresh tradition and it reflects more than just their passion for fresh fruits and vegetables and food. It's a tradition that comes from a family business. Today's podcast Anthony will talk about the values that lights his family and his business and how they pass this torch to new generations. We'll talk about why and how culture can combat complexities and we spend some time talking about food and what it means to all of us, and what Anthony hopes to see happen across the entire supply chain, from farm to plate. Some incredible insights and ideas from the incredible Anthony Longo. Hi, it's Tony Chapman, host of Chatter That Matters, presented by RBC. This is a platform where we tell the stories of heroes, everyday Canadians who do extraordinary things and small business owners who find a way to survive. These are true stories, real journeys. As you watch and listen, you'll see characters develop, experience experienced. You'll celebrate their triumphs and feel their tragedies. And together we'll uncover some important lessons in life. And RBC, their only ask is to make the show about the people and not them. I've worked with brands my entire career, and I can tell you this has nothing to do with dollars, everything to do with people. But I've never been more impressed with the brand than I am with RBC. They have an incredible culture with depth and dedication, they give back. They use their size and profitability to promote diversity, community, and athletics, and environment. And they're spending over $500 million to support youth over the next 10 years. All of this is needed in the times when life can feel like a pinball, where we bounce from one day feeling secure to insecure, and certain to uncertain, and possibilities to impossibilities. By sharing the stories, and insights, and ideas of people like Anthony Longo, we hope to inspire, motivate, and help you get to where you need and deserve to go. And Anthony's story begins with his grandfather, who lived one day after Anthony was born, but left a legacy rich in emotional wealth. Anthony, uh, welcome. Thank you.
1: Great to be here.
0: So I want to spend some time on the hero's journey your grandfather Antonio Longo made in the early 50s. And what he did for his sons as a gift was to you know, give him a better life. And I want to talk about what you're doing today to build upon his legacy. And then I'd love to talk about food in terms of what it means to us individually and to Canada economically. We'll call or order in a short podcast, but we'll begin by saying, let's go back to the early 1950s. Your grandfather Antonio Longo arrives in Toronto from Italy finds a job in a metal foundry in the book i read your family described it as working long hours lungs scarred from the heat arms from the flames and his three sons pleading with him to find another line of work and he said the only time i will quit is when you boys have a business of your own anthony what happens next
1: so, uh, so the way it happened is you know, there was six siblings, uh, four boys and two girls. And, uh, dad was working for one of the, uh, grocery chains at the time. And after a, um, uh, you know, a negative encounter with his supervisor, I'll, I'll say, and there's a great story around that, um, he decided that it was time to start his own business. So he's the oldest of, of six and, uh, and he started, uh, he started his own store at the ripe old age of uh, 22. And then his brother, Joe, joined them shortly thereafter. And then their youngest brother, Gus, uh, joined them as well a few years later.
0: So what did the grandfather think of his wish coming true that, that start a business and I'll quit?
1: Yeah, he uh, he was true to his word. He quit the foundry and he did join his sons uh, in the business. And we have some great pictures actually of my grandfather uh, working in the store uh, in in many of our stores uh, that are up there, kind of really talking about the history of our of our business. So he was. Uh, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't around then. I was born in uh, '61, and unfortunately, my grandfather passed away in '61, the day after I was born. But uh, yeah, he. I mean, he was very proud, of course, of his kids to start their own uh, business, the entrepreneurialship that they had.
0: So what values? have passed from a grandfather that you never met that have been instilled into you in your business
1: yeah i think you know we talk about values a lot in our, in our business and it we really kind of centered on three for a long time and that was honesty Ah, uh, trustworthiness and mutual respect, and then uh, about two years ago we added another one um, that really represented our family, and that's Volia, and Volia is the Italian word for uh, for desire, for passion, you know, for getting things done. So that's really the values that we were uh, raised with, and of course, um, you know, hard work and um, putting in an honest day's work. Sometimes, you know, more than an honest day's work, just the hours that were that were put in uh, that my dad and my uncles. Uh, show it every day. and then the other thing I'd say is um when it comes to our culture and um and and you know this is our family too, not just not just the the company culture. it's we call it treating you like family. that's how we describe our culture. and that means whether it's your uh, customers or your team members or your vendors, it's about treating you like family
0: so your your grandfather working at a foundry your 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 you know, starting a grocery business, the siblings in their 20s, wasn't a lot of money then, but as the torch passes between generations, and the riches of a successful business abound, how do you maintain those values, because those values are the values of immigrants that do whatever they can to survive? How does that how does that stay alive in a business where uh, I'm sure you could write a check for almost anything?
1: Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a great question. I, I think You have to live your values every day i mean that's really how you pass them on it's in the actions that you take and the things that are um, important to you and how you represent those so you know if material things are important to you then that's going to you know, be the values that, that are going to be passed on from generation to generation. Uh, but in our case, you know, for us, the most important value is family, uh, family and friends. And, and, and that's what gets passed on. That's what we celebrate and cherish uh, you know, every day. And I know it sounds trite, but it's but it's true. It's, if you don't live those values every day, then how, how will your kids, grandkids uh, ever, uh, ever pick them up for
0: sure? I've seen you walk many conference halls with your brothers and uh, the way you look at each other, you you certainly are an incredibly knitted family. One of the things that you really set as your signature for Longos, and I would say before many, I mean, I think back in the days where groceries about, you know, meat and protein was fresh. Why did you choose fresh? And how are you maintaining that, knowing that so many other competitors have trying to copy that in terms of the perimeter of the store and making it look almost like a living garden?
1: Yeah, so for us, um, we started in the fruit and vegetable business. I mean, my my father and his his father, they, they were farmers in Sicily. And so produce was in their blood. And then when he, when dad came to, uh, to Canada first, I guess it was 1947, 1950, he worked for his uncle who had a fruit market um, actually on the beaches, in the beaches is it beaches now or beach, but it's in, in that, in the Eastern part of Toronto. And, uh, and he ended up, uh, you know, being in that business. And then he went to work for a, a chain in, in the produce department. So fresh has been the mainstay of our business for, you know, since 1956.
0: So you're building up this incredible f- fresh franchise, but then years ago, again, ahead of your time, you jump into the e-commerce business with grocery gateway. What I'm trying to, I struggle with sometimes is how is it, family that merchandises produce, the color, the smell, the majesty. I mean, I walk into a Longos, I, I might walk in for looking for one thing, and I come out with $100 worth of, of freshness. How do you how do you the juxtaposition between the merchandise of the sensory of fresh with the sense of selling everything over a screen or a mobile phone?
1: Yeah, it comes to, it comes over to trust and, and how people uh, view us. So, it, you know, we, we build trusting relationships with our, with our guests and, and they really trust the uh, the shoppers at Girls For Gateway. it takes, a, it takes a while, it takes a number of orders for people to, uh, to actually see what, what it is they, they gather. And then, and then the other thing I'd say is um, the, the face of our company is our driver, is our customer service rep. And, and they're all, you know, hardworking, you know, tr- uh, terrific guys, and girls that, uh, that, that take care of customers, and they you know they pro- bring the product to the customer's door, and sometimes inside, not during COVID, of course, but, but normally ju- inside the door, et cetera. So um, it, it's about trust, and our brand, I think, has built, been built on trust over, the, or,
0: over many years. So you mentioned COVID. Let's spend a little bit of time on COVID because really grocery became an essential service. And when I read about Anthony Longo, I, I read about you and your brothers, uh, instead of being in the trappings of head office, in the stores, uh, you know, bagging groceries, stocking shelves. Was this real or just a PR move to get a good article?
1: No, that's real. That's uh, that's what we did pre-COVID. That's what we did during COVID, and that's what we're going to do after COVID. Um, it, it, it's who we are. I mean, I love being in the stores. I love interacting uh, with our team, and uh, we, we think it's important to uh, to show up and just be able to talk to our team about what you know, what are the things we're doing right, what are the things we could do better, and uh, and just and uh, you know, during COVID, it was about thanking them for for coming in every day, and uh, and so that was that was not that was not a PR stunt. That's just who we are.
0: So a culture built on trust uh, obviously was put to the test with COVID because I'm also having and trusting my life, my safety, coming to work. What did you learn about your culture and your people?
1: You know, we really learned that they're so resilient and committed. Uh, these are these are great, caring people. Uh, we also learned that, you know, we do they have lots of volia, first of all, so lots of desire, um, but also, you know, they were able to be agile and, and change on the fly. So we had people working in maybe they were in our cooking school and they because cooking schools are closed they ended up you know working in grocery or working in bakery or whatever so they so lots of cross training was going on and no one said oh i only work in the cooking in the cooking school so i'm not coming to work no they they came to work and they said hey how do i help so uh, it was just so proud of them
0: how do you feel once covid has passed and we all are hoping for that what will change in terms of the way we lead and lead cultures going forward
1: well, I think, you know, culture is, uh, are, are, is really built on the actions um, that you take and, and the, the decisions that you make. So I, I, don't, I don't think it changes too much other than uh, I think more transparency and, o- and openness um, with your teams is going to be really critical um, and, and being able to be agile and faster at things. So, you know, in the past, we might have taken, um, you know, more time to study something. And we've learned through COVID that you actually don't need to. I mean, yes, you have to take time, but not as much time as we did in the past. So let let people go, let them try things. And if they fail, fine. What do we learn from it and move on to the next thing?
0: So Anthony, I now want to shift in terms of food, which is something I know you're very passionate about, why it means the world to the consumer and why this sector is of vital importance to Canada. First of all, I just want to get, what are the changing tastes of the consumer in Canada? And what are the reasons behind it?
1: Yeah, we've seen a few, um, you know, a few trends that have really come to life in the last few years. Uh, health and wellness uh, has been a big one. Um, local uh, for a number of years has, has really come, come to the top as well. And um, environmental, I think for a for a small but growing number of consumers has become uh, really important in terms of where their food comes from and how it's produced uh, has been critical. And then the last thing I'd say is convenience, um, which again, is very critical uh, for consumers.
0: And in our pre-interview, you, one of the things that you brought up was whether the health of Canadians, compared to some other places in the world, can be directly correlated to what we eat. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure.
1: Uh, you know, a number of years ago, I, I did a talk for uh, for the Food uh, Manufacturers Association. And and what I, what I zeroed in on was the amount of um, money people spent of their income on food and in Canada, the UK and the US, it's you know between seven and 9%, it kind of fluctuates. Um, and in other countries like Spain, Italy, France, uh, Portugal, it, it was, it, I was up where in the 15 to 18% range. And then I correlated that to uh, some of the health uh, impacts. So in Canada, the U.S. and the U.K., we have the highest degrees of uh, of obesity, diabetes and heart issues. And you don't have those same issues in, in Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, you know, Greece, et cetera. And, you know, I don't think that it's a coincidence. I, I really believe that um, people need, you know, people who put more into um, into the quality of the foods. And yes, it costs a little bit more because you're eating more fruits and vegetables and, and uh, lean meats, et cetera, um, but it's healthier for you. And and that was something that was really clear when you see the correlation.
0: And I also want to come back to this concept of convenience because I'm seeing this as such a driver that everybody wants everything within arm's reach of desire, uh, regardless of waste and packaging and everything else that goes with it. And, and in food, we're seeing it with delivery, meal kits, meals prepared in the store, meals in the go, delivery apps. Um, How does grocery retailers need to evolve to still get their fair share so that people realize there's magistrate to food as opposed to just the the magic of of uh some it and i can eat it
1: yeah i'd say you know for grocery retailers it's figuring out um who your who your target consumer is you know at Longo's, our target consumer we call them everyday food explorers and and those are um those are families that you know are have busy lives like a lot of people do have have kids they like to cook but maybe don't have time to cook you know 21 meals a week um so maybe they'll They'll cook three or four uh, dinners and maybe two or three lunches. Uh, but quality and convenience is key for those, um, for those consumers. So the, I, mean, I, th- I think that's how grocery retailers have to continue to gain, to gain share, to consolidate the spend uh, of those consumers by meeting those needs,
0: for sure. And you mentioned talking to food manufacturers in terms of putting more quality in the foods. What else will they need to do to evolve? Because as I look at grocery, I see their, their territory shrinking. And more being opened up to sort of entrepreneurs and fresh. So, what does a food manufacturer have to do to kind of pay attention to uh, to the consumer and where they're on the move?
1: Yeah, I think they need to focus on on their core and uh, and stop trying to be all things to all people, and continuing to you know just expand. Um, expand the number of SKUs that they that they offer just to gain shelf space or thinking they're gonna get a little bit more. And, and I think, again, COVID has taught that, taught all of us that, that uh, you don't need all that assortment. It confuses the consumer. It doesn't add value to the consumer and they need to rethink um, you know, my view anyways, uh, what is what is their core and, and focus on that, focus on in stock, focus on better quality. I also think they need to focus on, you know, creating sustainable packaging, creating more nutritious products uh, for consumers. So how do you take the current product you have and make it more nutritious and uh, more natural in, in a more sustainable package?
0: And as you know, I did a series for, on small business matters. I've got massive heart for entrepreneurs. And in Canada, I, I covered a couple that were. Uh, you know, Christy Knowles with Mother Raw, Sheena Russell with Made With Local, uh, uh, Paul Karnak Ruvet with uh, uh, St. Francis Herbs. Is there a role for entrepreneurs in a sector that traditionally has been dominated by these food giants? oh
1: absolutely i I think um entrepreneurs uh, are really the lifeblood of of innovation and they they're the ones that actually come up with new categories or or really force uh some of the big giants to uh, to change their ways uh when they start losing market share to to some of them and uh, and you can see that you know some some of them have very different ways to approach market uh some is you know you know very unique Say flavors, and some will uh, will just create more nu- more nutritious uh, products, and some will focus on local. Um, and lo- and I think you know, just to talk a little bit about local, I think Made in Canada is such a great brand, and I'm sh- still shocked that um, not enough. The big manufacturers are using that as uh, as a as a way to to uh, to build market share here uh, here in Canada. Um, you know, I know we had the, you know, the the Heinz controversy a number of years ago, and of course Heinz is coming back now to to make their ketchup in uh, in Canada again. But you know, but made in Canada is is a great brand, and has it, it really, uh, you know, it, it really uh, evokes quality and, and nutrition for uh, in the world.
0: I, I couldn't agree more that what it signals to not only the local consumer here, but around the world is when people imagine Canada, they see a lot of fresh air and fresh water and, and fresh land to grow. And I think that's going to become increasingly important. Let's talk a little bit more about Canada. What do we need to do to make agriculture one of the priorities of our economy growing going forward? Growing forward, is, I guess is a great yep. plan. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think we need a, a long-term um, plan on how we're going to t- take on various categories. Again, you can't be all things to all people. So um, investing in R&D is going to be critical. And a good example of that is the Vineland Research and Innovation Center that we have you know, right here in Niagara on the lake, um, where they're uh, working on various uh, types of floral and, and food particularly vegetable, uh, products and, and a lot fruit as well. I mean, they worked on pears and apples, et cetera, but we need to have a, you know, a coordinated strategy. That's not going to be, you know, based on an election cycle, but based on 20 years. And how do we, you know, which are the categories that we're going to go after. So in the West, we're going after pulses, for example, lentils, uh, chickpeas, beans, et cetera. Um, those are, you know, nutrient dense foods, uh, great proteins. So I think we just, we need to have a, um, uh, you know, know, more thought out plan for the long term that we can actually build on our uh, on the great agriculture sector that we already have.
0: So my final question, Anthony, I remember as a kid, I used to roll my eyes at my parents and trying to give me lessons in life. But I smile now as I get older, realizing those a lot of those lessons did stick and hopefully have passed on to my children. What lessons did you learn as a young child that you carry today that we can share with, uh, with all the listeners?
1: yeah i think for me it comes back to uh the values when we talk about our values at work they're the same it's honesty trustworthiness you know respecting others uh being humble is a a big one uh for our family something that my dad always uh taught me and uh and, and being clear on what's important to you and for us uh family family and friends uh, was critical. I mean, that's, uh, that, that was a key lesson. And then the last thing I'd say is, you know, life is not a sprint, right? Life's a marathon and you learn lessons every day. So, you know, uh, as nothing, my dad always says, uh, you you have one, one mouth and two ears. So, uh, you know, listen, listen twice as much as you talk. So you can always, you can always pick up, uh, you know, great, great tidbits of wisdom from anyone around you.
0: And so, Anthony, Longo, as I, uh, as I say goodbye to you, I just want to tell you that uh, I've known you personally for many, many years. Uh, you, you're held in the highest regard in this industry. And I think it's because the values you talk about aren't words on some plaque in some mahogany lined office, but uh, words you live every day by. So I really appreciate you being part of uh, Chatter That Matters.
1: Yep. Thanks, Tony. I really appreciate you asking me to join you. Appreciate
0: it. been listening to Chatter That Matters. Download Chatter That Matters wherever you get your podcast or follow me at chatterthatmatters.ca or on Twitter at at Tony Chapman. Let's chat soon.